smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, or one of them, Cliff Schechter, here along with my co-host, John the Greek Aravosis. Hello. Hey, John. Hello. It's like Jimmy the Greek, but you know, you'll say, less, yep. you'll say less offensive things and not get kicked off the air, hopefully. Um, In principle, but hey, it's a long hour. It is a long hour. You never know. Hey, guys, we're lucky enough to have uh, Matt Gertz with us today. If you are on the Twitter machine at all, you would know who Matt is. Matt, Matt, that's awesome. Matt is. Uh, you know who Matt is, uh, certainly if you read Media Matters for America, where he's a senior fellow. Um, what was your former, former title there back when I used to do some things with you, Matt, when you were doing working on gun and other policies? Oh, geez. Uh, I was at one point the uh, head of the guns and public safety team. That's what, that's what it was. Sorry, I couldn't find that, uh, what your actual title was, but senior fellow. And, and in between, I was uh, research director during the, uh, the 2016 campaign. And he was research. See, he knows it. And Matt's like, this is our week of must follows on Twitter. We had Aaron Rupar on earlier, who you have to follow to get Actually, the videos from. Matt's the guy you have to follow if you want to know how Trump is getting his information from Fox News. It's yes. scary. We're going to go into it. But first, we have an ad. By the John Aravosis will read. We have a, a quick little ad. Uh, well, we won't say an ad. It's a promo uh, for Bill Press. We've talked to you guys about him before, but we've got a month of, of promoting Bill Press because he's a good guy. And he's got a new podcast that you guys should check out. It's called The Bill Press Pod. Um, Bill, you guys know, you should know, Google him if you don't know, Bill Press, a longtime progressive um, has re- has has done things for the cause, such as such as taking on Tucker Carlson on on Crossfire for years, which alone deserves him a, earns him a medal for that it really one. Really does. Um, he you know, debated Tucker Carlson, to be clear, as opposed to laughing with him like Glenn Greenwald. But I digress. Oh no, exactly. Bill Press. I could just see Bill like with his glasses sitting there, getting like stern and angry. You know, like Bill would get annoyed and take on liberal. I still does and take on conservatives in a way that a lot of the the backslapping folks won't. Um, His new podcast is up twice a week. Uh, It's an in-depth interview with a major newsmaker on Tuesday and a roundtable looking back at the big news of the week with Washington reporters on Friday. Uh, To sign up, you just go wherever you go for podcasts. Search for The Bill Press Pod. Click on subscribe and then tell your friends to do the same. I would also recommend you uh, give a review if it allows it, like on on iTunes. We like that too. So for any podcast you like, make sure you give a review. You know, give a great number of stars. That it helps a lot for the podcast. Um, it's easy. It's free. It's your one place. I always hate that they say this. I love the ad copy says it's your one place to get your progressive fix for the week. Well. We're a place too, guys. We're a place too. And Matt and Matt, Matt's a place where you can get a lot of good progressive. Well, can I just say, well, we'll talk about Matt in a second because I almost fucked up his name already. I don't know if Matt's Um, a place though. He's more of a person, but. (laughs) But anyway, take it from me. Bill's a great guy. Check out the Bill Press pod and uh, and subscribe. He's a good guy. Matt, I already almost fucked up your name already. I can't say your... It's like when you learn a foreign language and you learn that one word in the language means like something bad that's close to another word, and then you won't say the word at all. Like so in French... Oh, yeah. to, so instead of French, starting with yesterday's big towel by Trump, should we start with Matt Gertz, Matt Geitz, and all the fun... I think so. Been? Well, I was going to say, Cliff, you speak French, so you appreciate this. We I am not... I am not comfortable saying the word kiss in French because depending how, because yeah. a kiss is un baiser, but you say baiser, it be a, something worse than a kiss or well, better. Well, it's, it's un baiser it. is a kiss. Um, yes. baiser is to fuck. 
And That's it just it, it uses me. Well, but on our, our, we can say these things on our podcast. Um, anyway, so Matt's name has now created this dilemma for me. I was going to say, Matt, get, get Gertz. How do you pronounce the other guy's name, Matt? I think it's Gates. Oh, is it Gates? I always say Gets, like Bernie, which I think is kind of funny. Bernie Gets, that's yeah, perfect, isn't it? <laughs> for, um, for we so older folks. Tell people what has happened to you. Like literally, yeah. Matt, like isn't the, the 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 sort of way things go? The kind of he'll just say something idiotic or well, stupid. Say who he then, is, and then sure. well, so uh, my handle on Twitter is uh, Matt Gertz, M A T T G E R T Z, and for a long time that was fine. Uh, you know, I uh, <laughs> sort of built up my own following uh, as someone who is constantly following the news and commenting on it. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, beginning after the 2016 elections, I noticed that my uh, mentions started getting really horrendous every once in a while. People were people on the left were saying, very mean things about me. And I, I couldn't quite figure out what that was all about until I realized, oh, a new congressman had just been elected in Florida uh, whose handle was Matt Gates, M-A-T-T-G-A-E-T-Z. Right. Uh, and so people were attempting to uh, say very mean things to the Republican congressman <laughs> from Florida, uh, but were instead saying very mean things to the senior fellow at Media Matters. And he's particularly um, moronic. I mean, that's worth saying, which is he, he constantly makes a fool of himself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, I mean, mask. He, he, in a lot of different ways, right? He has a sort of absurd showman quality to him yep. where he ends up doing things like wearing a gas mask on the floor of well, the see, U.S. That's how people or, will know who he is. Uh, he's the know, gas mask that, guy. Yeah. Well, now he's the gas mask guy. Before True. he was the guy who threatened Michael Cohen. Uh, That's right. About what, not to testify or whatever. Twitter, yeah. <laughs> uh, not to, to keep him from testifying. He was also he the, the guy who accidentally guy. brought a Holocaust denier to the State of the Union. Accidentally. Um, yeah. he, he led he the break in with the skiff, right? With, when he had his phone camera too and broke the skiff rules and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. He, he then destroyed, he, he stormed the skiff. So every time this happens, every time there's a, a major event, uh, in Matt Gates's uh, stupidity, uh, my mentions turn to shit. Uh, that, that, is, that is the burden that I bear. I, I am the guy who who takes the hit oh. for Matt Gates doing stupid stuff. Okay, and I encouraged well, Matt Gertz, uh, our our current guest, not Matt Gates. Actually, I thought he should write a little fun book about it, but Matt did say to me he thinks it's too inside baseball. I think if he made it like a coloring book or a children's book or something fun and funny and easy it might yeah, work i mean it's tricky just because uh, you know so on the one hand i i treat this as as a, a a a joke on twitter um you know i try to i try to get laughs out of it i i you know i i very politely respond to the people right. who make this mistake and tell them they've got the wrong guy uh, but i don't want to make it a joke between me and him because right. I do kind of think that his politics are fairly horrendous, uh, and he seems like a, a very unpleasant person as well. Uh, and so I, I don't see a lot of margin to like, he, he will every once in a while try to turn it into a joke between us, uh, and oh, I will uh, politely decline. Um, I have a I, modest... Yeah, that, that just seems like not, not a great direction uh, for me to go in. So, you know, a... It's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to be... <clears throat> half known for 
Um, you know, there's there's sort of a group of us on Twitter who are, are, are occasionally mistaken for other people. There's the uh, the other Michael Cohen uh, who oh, writes for the yeah. Globe. Yeah. Uh, there's the other George Papadopoulos. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's this uh, sort of a whole uh, set of us, and every time a new time a new one is identified, <laughs> we'll all sort of commiserate with whoever uh, is uh, dealing with a lot all... of very uh, unpleasant situations. I'll say quickly, you guys all remind me of like that episode of, of Seinfeld, if people used to watch it, where the guy has a perfectly nice name and then it becomes the name of a serial killer. <laughs> and so whenever he goes anywhere and then like Elaine is dating him. And so whenever they go anywhere, like they, she puts her head down there embarrassed when they announce his name because everybody thinks these people start booing and think it's the serial killer. That's kind of what you've had to go through in a matter of time. I wanted to say right. briefly, except that I don't want to go too long in the anecdote because we have another ad we got to do. Sorry, folks. But um, uh, Mike Royko, wonderful columnist for the Chicago Tribune. I'm guessing it, was, it must have been the Trib. Going back decades, died probably in the 90s. But Royko was just wrote a, a, kind of a curmudgeon columnist taking on power and all of that. And at one point, AT&T decided to make their 800 number the same number as his local direct line at the Chicago Trib. So instead of 312 blah, 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 it was 800 blah, blah, blah. Well, he was getting nonstop calls from AT&T. It was a customer support. People bitching about their telephone lines. He contacted AT&T repeatedly. They refused to change it, of course, because they're AT&T, right? So he writes a column, AT&Me. And it's still Googleable, and the column is all about Royko and he, his transcript. And he says, "I just decided, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just going to be them." So he says, "Hello, sir. Blah, blah, what's the problem?" Blah, blah, blah. Okay, um, are you Polish? Yes. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, we find that an inordinate number of our Polish customers just don't understand how to use the phone. Then he goes, and the next one calls. I'm sorry, sir. Are you are you Irish? Is that name Irish? Yes. Were you drunk? <laughs> and I mean, and then I think then the next one was black. The next day, AT and T changed the phone. The next day. It was. Please don't say that one, John. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that damn thing like 30, 40 years later now. It was the most hysterical. I think he did it in the 80s. Now, I realize that might be a bit much for you, Matt. I'm just sort of, I'm that just is, putting it out is, there. That is way better than your average uh, journalist uh, tags their airline to complain about whatever the, yeah. the situation is. Oh. Couldn't you imagine this whole thing going, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. It's just that I grew up gay and, you know, broken household. It's just like, tell the guy's life story, <laughs> but not his life story, of course. In any case, Cliff, let's do a quick ad from Plexiderm and then we'll bring it back with Mac. Plexiderm, folks. So listen, uh, Zoom meetings with coworkers and clients, we're all doing them, a ton of them. They're, gr- they're great. I'm not sure if I go that far that they're great, but, but they're pretty damn good in the situation we're in right now. Um, but you may notice you have bags under your eyes and deep wrinkles, which those of us who've had to go on TV and radio and stuff, radio with visuals, have seen that before. Well, cameras catch everything, as you probably know. Now uh, now imagine that they're gone. And no, you don't need expensive, risky surgery. You can, get it, you can be gone in just minutes, and that would be with something called Plexiderm, clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in all the comfort of your own home, which may not be as comfortable these days, but we have to all be here. So, you know, let's do it. Um, Plexiderm is a solution for Zoom meeting eyes, which may become a phrase, I think. Um, uh, you know, I think if I were to try it, I might even look 10 years younger. We'll have to see. Uh, many people have said they're blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you confidence. You'll need to be great on Zoom meetings or FaceTiming with friends. They'll be surprised when they see you this summer. Exclamation. Uh, the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts uh, for an hour, so nobody will know it unless you tell them. 
So here's how you get it, folks. Again, I know a lot of you are probably doing Plexit. You're doing uh, Zoom meetings. You may be doing other things where you have to see people in a way you didn't have to before. Go to tryplexiderm.com, the word try, and then Plexiderm is spelled P-L-E-X-A-D-E-R-M.com. Use the code VOICES for half off full size, a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10. Um, that's half off plus an additional $10. You can also call 800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Once again, visit tryplexiderm.com, use the code VOICES, uh, and uh, you'll get it. And thank you for listening to us. And we're back to Matt. Um, shall we delve a little more into the Fox News thing now? Because that was, I think, the big topic we really wanted to get into, Matt, with you. And this has been Cliff's big thing, although all of us agree, but Cliff has really been harping on this I never shut up about the damage Fox does as well. To as our democracy. To our democracy. I can't you know, help it. And since you have, you know, more than most people in this country have been having to track what they do, I, I didn't I didn't just want you to, you know, say, you know, oh, how bad Fox is, but to take a little bit of a, you know, 8,000 feet view or whatever and, and tell us what kind of damage is Fox doing to our democracy, if any? Well, we've got a pretty good case study out just today. Um, the Washington mm. Post has a, a story uh, this morning a study of 96,000 hospitalized coronavirus patients on six continents found that those who received an anti-malarial drug promoted by President Trump as a game changer in the fight against the virus had a significantly higher risk of uh, death compared with those that did not. People treated with hydroxychloroquine or the closely yep. related drug chloroquine were also more likely to develop a type of irregular heart rhythm or arrhythmia that can lead to sudden cardiac death, it concluded. So this is a Fox News story, whether people know it or not. Um, you know, the president has taken a lot of flack correctly uh, for uh, supporting the idea of this anti-malaria drug, hydroxychloroquine, as a coronavirus treatment. Um, the reason that he thinks it works is because he watches Fox News and they told him it does. It's sometimes hard to explain to people that it's really that simple. Right. Uh, but the president spends a ton of time watching Fox News. He takes advice from the people that he sees on his television. In this particular case, he invited a host into the White House to brief him on how the drug is so effective. Was that Laura and Ingram he, or who was that? That's Laura Ingram. Yeah, yeah. Laura Ingram and people. two of her doctor guests came to the <clears throat> White House to brief him and I think the head of the FDA about how hydroxychloroquine is great. Wow. Uh, the president marshaled the forces of the federal government in response to this. He has all sorts of agencies and officials, you know, trying to find ways to use hydroxychloroquine. Um, and you could use it as a hat. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, airplane. Well, <laughs> use it as a coronavirus cure. <laughs> yeah. He's taking it himself, supposedly. He at least said this. Who knows yeah. if it's true or not? It is the president, after all. He lies all the time, but he he is telling people that it is a good idea to take it as a preventative. Um, and now it turns out that we're not getting a happy ending on this one, that in fact, the television telling the president which drugs people should take to fight the global pandemic uh, yeah. was in fact not correct. Um, and that's just sort of a, a one encapsulation of this sort of broader problem that we see in the Trump era, where the president is obsessed with Fox News and the bullshit that it spouts every day somehow turns into federal policy on a fairly regular basis. Jesus. 
So he has access as I mean, I'm not the first one to say this, obviously, but yep. he has access to what 16, 17 intelligence agencies, you know, the deep state that's out to get him, um, all sorts of experts, the ones he hasn't fired yet or in or, you know, gotten pushed out or whatever in, you know, any number of agencies from health and human services to education to commerce. But really, you know, people with PhDs, people with years of experience in various areas. But really what's most important is what Brian Kilmeade is vomiting up on on Fox and Friends. Is that correct? That That's about right, yeah. Uh, and he brings these people into his administration sometimes. There's about, I think I, I have a list of 20 different hmm. uh, former Fox News people who have at one point or another moved into the Trump administration. He consults with them privately. He's reportedly doing uh, been doing sort of nightly phone calls with Sean Hannity. Uh, he tries to get... Uh, other officials to consult uh, with various Fox News people. Dr. Oz was on Fox a lot for a while there. And uh, sure enough, uh, the president was uh, started demanding that different administration officials talk to him about how to deal with the coronavirus. Um, this is a huge problem. Uh, the president is obsessed with the people on his television. The people on his television are morons or charlatans or shills. Uh, and that's what's motivating a lot of government action. It's incredible. Like what Matt has done, he, you know, Matt is not going to toot his own horn here, but I think you really, at least again, from what I've seen, were the first to kind of make the direct connection that when Trump would tweet about something that made no sense, which I guess 99% of what he tweets makes no sense, but a topic that we weren't discussing, you know, some crisis that nobody else knew about. And you would, you know, you start sort of in real time saying, yeah, this is what uh, they were talking about on Fox and Friends eight minutes ago. Like that yeah. literally there's a direct line, you know, in influencing the person who we used to call at least the most powerful person in the world. I don't know whether that's true or not anymore, um, but certainly one of them, you know, uh, and, and there's a direct line, whether it's from Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or Fox and Friends, like if they want the president to do something. They literally just need to put it on their show because he's he he's he's the Republican base. He's like this binge watching, you know, lazy to quote somebody morbidly obese guy lying around the sofa, you know, just watching TV when he's supposed to be doing his damn job. Is that about right? He's Fox News's target audience uh, and <laughs> behaves the same way that they do, except he also has the nuclear codes. Um, it's, uh, very kind description of my work. Uh, so basically, I, it's been clear for quite some time that the president spends a lot of time watching Fox News. Uh, there have been all sorts of reports from uh, you know, White House reporters who have a lot more access to that world than I do, uh, pointing out that he spends a lot of time with what he calls his super TiVo, which I guess is a DVR player of some sort, uh, watching episodes of Fox News and and other channels. Um, what I've done was sort of to systematize it, right? So I, I would look at, at uh, Trump's Twitter feed every day, uh, and I would plot the tweets against Fox's coverage. And so I'm able to say, okay, this uh, the president has randomly, seemingly uh, get, uh, just tweeted that he has given an order to the Navy to respond harshly to any Iranian attempts to, uh, you know, uh, go after U.S. ships. 
uh, and that no one can really tell why he's doing that. And I will look at that and say, oh, Fox and Friends, like literally five minutes ago, did a segment about this happening. That's probably where he's getting it from. Um, you know, a couple of times would be sort of a coincidence, but I've plotted more than a thousand of these over the last 18 months or so. Um, so it's it's pretty clear what is happening. He is spending hours and hours of his time watching Fox News and his most uh, sort of abhorrent tweets are often him reacting to whatever he's seeing on the television at that particular time. That's nice. It's weird it's stuff. I mean, it's just, it's very deeply weird. Uh, and as you say, disturbing because he could get expert advice from literally anyone on the planet um, or, you know, the intelligence agencies and so on and so forth. But instead, he really wants to listen to what Brian Kilmeade and Steve Ducey have to say. That's that group of geniuses. And uh, who's the, there's also the, the female reporter who's on Ainsley there. Earhart is the. Uh, oh, yeah. The, what are, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I feel like she has said some of the most incredibly stupid things. And I can't think of what they are. Um, like just, you know, mind-numbingly stupid. Actually, of- Cliff, can I interrupt before you jump in? Because I'm sorry, folks, we got to do another ad. <laughs> today, today is unfortunately a day where the ads are kind of scrunched together, so I apologize for that. But uh, we're going to take a quick break for uh, a quick recorded ad from Literati Books. Hang on. Well, Literati, the number one subscription book club for kids, now in quarantine, more important than ever. Stella tweeted, Steph, you have the best sponsors. I just ordered Literati for Jack, who's my surrogate grandson. I lost my sister last year to cancer, my best friend, my North Star. Her one request as she was dying was to take care of Jack and her kids as if they were my own. I do. Um, You sent it to your nephews. I sent it to my ex, Lisa, and her newborn and everybody's raving about them. Oh my God, he was so excited. He like went and got his books and showed them to us on FaceTime. It was amazing. I got uh, the pictures of them. Uh, you've got to get Literati. Library, schools, bookstores are closed. Literati has you covered with something truly unique. Every Literati box contains five books based on a theme with exclusive original art and a personalized note just to your child. Do it now for a limited time. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two subscriptions. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two subscriptions. Literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, folks, we are back with Matt Gertz of Media Matters. Cliff, you were about to ask Matt a question. Ainsley Earhart. I, first of all, I have to be suspicious that she was named after the the conservative pundit on the West Wing, but I, I you know I don't know her, so I can't really ask her that. Um, but second of all, um, she I know she said something that was just you know like some of these historical comments that I, I'm trying to remember what she said. Were we fighting with the Germans in World War II? It was like oh. something like that. Uh, do you remember, Matt? If you don't, I didn't mean to put you. I don't. I mean, you know, sort of. She didn't do the wall. Co- she didn't make the wall comment. Fox and Friends is definitely a, the definitely a certain amount of grading on a curve on this sort of thing, though. They, <laughs> I mean, Ducey and, and Kilmeade are really not smart people. Uh, my right. favorite example here is uh, them attempting to roast. Uh, they did the show outside during the winter back in 2011. Uh, they were seated on sort of a, an ice couch around an open fire pit. And at one point, they decided to roast marshmallows um and uh they they attempted to do it first with their bare hands and then with a plastic Hmm. spoon um neither of which are very effective methods for trying to roast mini marshmallows over an open fire 
Oh my God, um, that's hilarious. But uh, I think Chris Wallace uh, spoke for us all during that segment when he said that he was thinking the same thing all of the viewers were thinking during that. What a bunch of dopes. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they are, I mean, even as Fox goes, they seem to be a particularly stupid group of people. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know her at all, embarrassingly. Did you ever go on Fox and Friends, John? When you no, TV? I got, you know what, I got offered, you may have even mentioned this to me, I got offered once a couple of years ago and it was like, ew. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like before I decided that Fox was the place that, you know, I shouldn't waste any of my time ever. You know, back when I lived in D.C., decade plus ago, I would get invited on. I wouldn't always say yes, but I I probably went on a good a dozen maybe Fox and Friends episodes. And Kilmeade and Ducey were there at that time. Um, and so I knew, you know, like I, I don't know Ainsley Earhart, but them. And I knew how utterly stupid they were. I mean, you know, they're game show hosts. They, there's no – and when you combine sort of a, a game show host intellect with, with Fox News' standards – what comes out of the other end is you can say whatever the hell you feel like, and it doesn't really matter. Um, you, let me ask you this, you know, cause you're forced to watch so much Fox, hmm. it, uh, Matt, like it seems like, you know, we've been hearing about with a lot of the stuff they've done on coronavirus, they seem to change for a little bit. Cause there was a lot of talk of lawsuits. I mean, they literally are telling people things are safe that aren't safe. They're doing things that get people sick and killed. And I don't know if any of those lawsuits have been filed or not or whatever, but you think that's a viable strategy to go after them? If that's out of your purview, you don't have to. I mean, it seems to me they lie and they do. I mean, it's harder with public figures, but they say so many things on their show so often that could get regular people hurt. I don't understand why they, they're just not drowning in lawsuits. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, that, that is, I think, a, a lawyer question uh, of which I am not one. But certainly, I mean, look, their coverage was abominable. It was dangerous for their viewers you know, I think one of the more telling things during uh, the sort of March uh, period where they were trying really, really hard to talk down whether uh, coronavirus was dangerous was uh, there was a report that a uh, Republican pollster had commissioned a poll that found that uh, Republicans were not taking coronavirus seriously at all and basically literally warned that Fox was endangering their voters and they were going to have a huge problem because of that. And sure enough, right after that, uh, the Republicans got briefly a little bit more serious about coronavirus. I mean, so Fox, they've had a couple of different periods of this. There was a period back in January where a couple of Fox hosts started getting very, very into uh, talking about coronavirus because they could talk about the Chinese uh, and how the Chinese right. are, are bad. Um, then there was a period beginning in late February um, where Democrats uh, were starting to criticize the administration for not acting on coronavirus. Um, and the media was starting to focus more attention on it. And in response, Fox started saying that this is all like a conspiracy by Democrats and the media to try to damage Trump's reelection chances by talking about uh, this virus. Uh, and so that, that went on for about two weeks. The president listened and responded in real time by doing nothing and saying that the virus wasn't that big a deal. Um, and then... Uh, you know, the virus started spreading more and more in the United States. It became more clear that this was going to be a big problem. 
Uh, Tucker Carlson apparently went to Mar-a-Lago and sat down with the president for two hours and told him that the virus was going to be bad and that he needed to take it more seriously. Um, And then the president declared a national emergency and Fox News, the rest of the network, like totally pivoted um, to suddenly saying that this was a real crisis. Uh, that lasted a couple of days. Uh, they they started social distancing and like acting like they might consider being a responsible news network um, for about forty eight hours or so, wow, uh, and then they discovered right. hydroxychloroquine. Um, you know, just a handful of days after the president declared uh, a national emergency, they decided that they had found a miracle cure. Uh, that would keep us from needing to do all of the hard things that experts say we need to do to keep the virus from spreading out of control. Uh, and so that became the thing that they talked about uh, for weeks and weeks on end. This miracle cure that doesn't work uh, and in fact, in fact apparently uh, raises your chances of dying. So th- nice. there was, I think it was a sort of... Um, it's the sort of situation where there's a natural inclination for people to say, oh, Fox has changed, but they don't keep watching for long enough to notice that they've changed back almost immediately. If you watch Fox primetime now, you're getting served up a constant message that any steps that public health officials think are a good idea from expanded testing to contact tracing to lockdowns to shutting down restaurants to basically anything um, doesn't work and is a bad idea. And instead, people should just take hydroxychloroquine and go back to work uh, and just accept that more people will die. That's, and, that's and we already the know message that, out of Fox Primetime now. Right. And we already know that some folks, I mean, I, I, this was a while back, the first round of hydroxychloroquine promotion where that couple from Arizona took it and one of them ended up in the hospital and the other one died. My guess is there have to be others um, I don't uh, what I really don't, you know, to me, it would seem and again, yeah, I'm not a lawyer either. John's the only lawyer on this show, but he hasn't been practicing for a long time. Um, I've never practiced. I just. Oh, well, there you go. Throw my just, degree around when necessary. he just like, yeah, he just throws the degree around, you know, uh, to, to throw his weight around D.C. But, uh, you know, I, I really would love that because, again, I, I just don't get how they can do that. And, you know, and I mean, obviously there are consequences. I would also think that that more in the in, in our purview when it comes to news, I know we all believe in the First Amendment, but the fact that they can go out there and do the things they do, I mean, we, we do stop people from yelling fire in a crowded theater. This is where people who listen to this podcast a lot are, will probably be annoyed and be like, Cliff, why don't you just go work for Media Matters? Uh, <laughs> because I spend so much time on this because to me, Fox, Fox News itself and the rest of the right media ecosystem is so uh, – it's so clearly – if not the largest, one of the largest parts of the problem for why our country is in the state that it's in, where we can't find consensus on basic facts. I mean, we've allowed a, a ring of, of sort of domestic propaganda to rise up, and we we haven't challenged it. We've let we've let it hide behind the First Amendment. You know, I was talking earlier to to John and others, but you know, I don't know how much you follow international news, but uh, you know, we were able after 26 years. To capture, you know, what was his first name? But Kabula, the the Rwandan leader, who was a wealthy nationalist. If any of this stuff sounds familiar, who was the first one who pushed for the genocide 
led by the radical uh, militias, the Hutus versus the Tutsis. Now, what was one of the first things he did with that money when he decided that this was his plan of action? He bought up talk radio there. And he had people going on, Hutus referring to Tutsis as cockroaches, dehumanizing them, asking them how many cockroaches had they murdered for their, or killed for their country today, that kind of stuff. I'm not saying we've gotten exactly to that point, but you can't claim some of the stuff you hear when these guys are claiming they've seen abortions performed on live babies and things like that aren't far off from this kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think sort of more to your point there is the rhetoric of, um, Refugee uh, of migrants invading the United States over the southern border, and yep. the way that that rhetoric is also echoed by people who commit mass shootings against uh, against people that they perceive as as uh, Mexican immigrants. Um, you know, I think Fox does a lot of damage by raising the temperature again and again on these issues, and I think that it's a question really for the advertisers and cable providers that fund them. Fox, I, I think, uh, I read about this yesterday. The president said something really interesting uh, on Twitter yesterday. He said, many will disagree, but Fox News is doing nothing to help Republicans and me get reelected on November 3rd. Now, on the one hand, that's total nonsense. Uh, Fox is doing a ton of work to help him get reelected and to help get other Republicans elected. But at the same time, what he's doing there is he's admitting that Fox is a pro- he he thinks of Fox as a propaganda channel. He thinks of right. Fox as a network whose goal is and should be to help Republicans get elected. Now, on the one hand, that's true and almost banal. But on the other hand, uh, this, it is a problem for the network because its business model depends on not being perceived that way. Fox News' business model is sort of twofold. On the one hand, they're appealing to viewers, and they're doing that with red meat, you know, hateful uh, rhetoric and conspiracy theories and, you know, pro-Republican propaganda operations. On the other hand, they need to appeal to advertisers and cable providers to treat them like they would any other cable news network. And they do that with a sort of gloss of, uh, you know, inviting on uh, democratic strategists like you were talking about, Cliff, uh, and having some people whose shows vaguely resemble what you might expect from like a normal news program. Uh, the president doesn't like that. He doesn't like that occasionally when he watches Fox, he sees something that isn't quite North Korea style propaganda. <laughs> uh, it offends him that the network apparently uh, will will occasionally. Uh, create polls whose results match those of all the other polls that say that he's very unpopular. Um, and he lashes out because of it. Um, but Fox needs that, right? They need the illusion. They need the smokescreen of, you know, people like Neil Cavuto and previously Shep Smith to occasionally say things that, uh, you know, resemble reality. They need to be able to present themselves having uh, panel discussions between someone on the right and someone on the left. And if they don't have that, they start looking like that North Korea propaganda that the president wants. And that's harder to get advertisers for. Um, so, you know, it, it's a sort of, he's, he's pit the sides of the business model against each other, right? If Fox can move towards what he wants them to be and risk advertisers and cable providers deciding to jump ship uh, or, 
they can try to not do that and, and hope that their viewers stick around and they don't all and, and that they don't start losing some of them to uh, networks like uh, One American News, which are, are more willing to be even crazier, even more hagiographic, even more pro-Trump than that. Um, and so it's it's a tricky situation for Fox. Uh, they seem to just be sort of ignoring it. You know, typically when a news outlet gets attacked by the president, they respond in some way. They you know say that they're they they defend themselves and say that it's improper for a president to lash out like that. Fox doesn't do that. Um, they sort of let it go in hopes that it goes away, and it it, it has so far. Uh, but we'll see. Well, yes, uh, I. Wish I had more um, confidence that anything might change them. I think you're right. I mean, look in the end. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a Seth Rich lawsuit for a while. Lawsuits may do some of it. Maybe changing demographics, considering their ideal sort of viewer is like 74 years old, and you know what I mean. That could have. I don't know. Um, and again, um, it, it's going to have to be those, or you know, or it's the advertisers. It has to be those kinds of pressures because it seems to me that like. You know, right now, you know, we're giving them. Let's just say we give them a free pass in the way that 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 the right would never give anything on the left a free pass. Whether it's, I mean, they've proven it. They've gone after all of our sources, from trial lawyers to Planned Parenthood to, you know, unions. They've they've made it their business to go after anything they see as a source of power on the left, and this is a source of power on the right, and it also happens to be unbelievably dishonest and dangerous. You know, and I mean, you what's guys are doing a great job. If I may jump in, what's not dangerous is the Clean Phone Pro, which you've got to no, do. Look, I never had. Well, no, it's and I, I will pop, let me explain to folks. Um, because everyone, every other episode is free, the episodes that aren't free, we put up about a half hour and then the rest of the show is behind the firewall. Um, that half hour has got to contain all the ads. This week, we happen to have an unusually high number of ads. So we've got to cram them into this first half hour. We've got Matt. And then, uh, so Cliff will do the ad. We'll do a couple more minutes with Matt. And then the rest of the show will be behind the paywall. So Cliff, uh -huh. go for it, please. All right, folks. Well, obviously more than ever with uh, coronavirus out there, we're all thinking about hygiene. We wash our hands, sneeze into our arm. If we cannot prevent ourselves from sneezing at all, you know, we're all staying home. We're doing all this. Um, but you may or may not know you're still taking a huge carrier of the virus with you everywhere. That will be our phones, uh, a vector for disease, and often people rarely clean them. So you, you probably noticed this. You're in line somewhere. You're wearing your mask indoors, but you're constantly taking your phone out. You're touching your hand. You're be touching it with your hands. You may touch your face. So we need to take cleaning our phones seriously. Um, the Clean Phone Pro is sanitizer that uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99, that's a lot, percent of the bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Um, it's better than wipes. It's safe for your device. Clean Phone Pro will get every inch clean with its nine high-power UVC lights. That's nine. Not the ones Trump was talking about trying to get in your body, just to be clear. Um, dedicated wireless charging pad is on top of the chamber, so you can actually be sanitizing and charging your phone at the same time. Um, which is pretty awesome and pretty convenient. Um, fully removable top means it's easier to fit more items on, the, on these larger uh, tops. So go to thecleanphone.com today. You can get one for just $89. Free shipping. You may get the free shipping anyhow. We can guarantee you you'll get it when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL. That's S-E-X-Y-L-I-B-E-R-A-L, one word. Uh, if you're serious about hygiene, 
got to get serious about cleaning your phone, folks. And this is true. Phones pick up stuff. Go to thecleanphone.com. Keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use the code SEXYLIBERAL. Two-day free shipping, and it will ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com. Thank you, guys. Ooh, okay, end of the ads. Yay. Okay, so, God, where else are we? I mean, Matt, what, I'm trying to think, like, what else, what else is sort of big going on through that you've been tracking? I mean, because, I mean, you can obviously weigh in on anything because you've been, you have to track literally everything this crazy guy does or this crazy network does, both of them. But I mean, you, besides Fox, actually, here's a question, Matt. Do you, are you also sort of, do you also have the other beats too? Do you track talk? I mean, I know somebody there does, but do you track talk radio also or Breitbart or any of that stuff? I do a little bit of everything, but most of what I've been focusing on the last couple of years has been Fox News, specifically the sort of these um, you know, crossovers between the Trump administration and the network. It was something that we saw coming pretty early. I mean, Trump is uh, has been a presence in American public life for a very long time, but in political life, uh, he really built a lot of his profile out of Fox and Friends uh, guest appearances beginning back in, I think, 2011 or so. Um, and so that sort of uh, merger that we've seen between a major cable news network and a White House um, was something that you know we all thought here was in need of a lot of uh, time and attention, and so that's been that's been most of my focus. Um, you know, obviously uh, that's played a huge impact uh, you know, during the coronavirus, but we also see it in the um, sort of conspiracy theory that has somehow become called Obamagate uh, mm-hmm. over the last few weeks, um, which is really just a, an interconnected series of conspiracy theories that Sean Hannity has been spinning out uh, basically since 2017. Um, they're almost impossible to uh, follow if you haven't been watching a truly absurd amount of Fox News. Um, but now we're, we're at a point where uh, both the uh the 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 justice department and the intelligence community seem to be sort of fixating on those crazy stories uh and sort of churning out grist uh to benefit the president's reelection campaign and, you know that it's again it, it's a story that begins with uh the propaganda network that is fox trying to uh you know bolster republicans um, but now I, I think we're in a situation where uh, the rule of law is uh, in jeopardy in a real way, um, and that this will be the focus of a big portion of uh, the, the 2020 campaign. To hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.